Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hey there, moms. It sure is good to be with you today. I'm so glad you've joined me. Today, we are going to talk about what it looks like to lean into the season. Look, we've just wrapped up Thanksgiving. You know how much I love the Thanksgiving season, but it is time to turn our sights towards the celebration of Christmas and the Advent season. So stay tuned with me as we discuss what it looks like to lean into this and not fall over the finish line on December the 26th. I'll be right back. All right, then. Thanks for tuning in today, and I'm looking forward to discussing what it looks like for us to actually end up on the other side of the big day, not exhausted. That is the goal of our discussion today, is to actually consider celebrating Christmas and the Advent season with such intentionality that we can actually enjoy it. Does that sound just glorious to you? Because I got to tell you, it does to me. Let me tell you, when I was growing up, my most favorite thing to receive before Christmas came in anticipation of the big day, right, was the JCPenney catalog. So I'm sure that that dates me. Some of you have no reference point for that. But in my childhood, the landing of the JCPenney catalog on our front porch was the definitive mark of the Christmas season. And I would get the JCPenney catalog and I would just comb it for everything that I wanted. It would be earmarked and circled and highlighted. And within the pages of that catalog were all of my hopes and dreams and everything that I was banking on for the big day. Now, in and of itself, that probably doesn't sound so bad. I mean, I was, after all, just a kid, and I was just dreaming about what Santa would bring me. But I'm going to tell you that pretty consistently, not long into the 25th of December, I became disappointed and sometimes even despairing because guess what? Often, regularly, I did not get everything that I marked in the JCPenney catalog. It's true. All of those things that I had spent so much time dreaming about about and longing for and wanting, right? They didn't end up under the Christmas tree. And it wasn't because my parents didn't love me. It's not because they didn't care. And it's certainly because not because they didn't know what I wanted. It was because it would not have been possible for them to have obtained, purchased, wrapped, and put all of those items under the Christmas tree. And it wouldn't have been good for me had they done that, right? All that's to say that when I was a child, 
my focus for the Christmas season was all about what I would get on Christmas Day. And that set me up for a lot of emptiness after all of the packages were open and all of the paper was scattered about the room. I was just disappointed. It was not what I had wanted it to be. And I would propose to you it's because my focus was wrong. My focus was wrong. I was focused on getting presents, right? I was focusing on what I would get on Christmas Day. And so I want to start as we consider what it looks like to lean into this season, right? As we look at that today, I'm going to start by suggesting to you, leaning into this season starts with a right focus. Now, if you've been with me at all in 2022, that has been my ministry focus for this year. And and for all the years going forward, we're just going to tweak it every year, right? And I'm not going to give it away for 2023 yet, but we're still going to talk about focus. And that's what the key is right here. When we're talking about leaning into this Advent, this Christmas season, we've got to make sure our focus is right. And here's the deal. You and I, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, already have the best present ever in the person of Jesus Christ. The gift of God, freely given on our behalf to pay our sin debt, who came on Christmas. Christmas is the first advent of Christ when He came as a child, right? And as he came, God with us, as he came, we now can celebrate his presence every day and share his presence with others. We've already got all we need. We've already got it in the person of Jesus Christ. But as we're thinking about that and we're thinking about leaning in, I want to share with you today seven R's. And then we're going to have an extra one at the very end of our time together today. But I've got seven R's that I really believe will help you and me lean in and not give in to the hurry and the rush and the bustle that the culture tries to force upon us. So you ready? Get your pen and paper. You're going to want to write these down. These are things that I think that you can latch on to, that you can prioritize, that you can talk to your kids about, your husband about, your family about, because we're going to have family coming in, and I am dedicated to these seven things. And then the eighth one at the end is the big crescendo. But these seven right here, right now, number one, I want to challenge you to spend some time reading. Yeah, it's simple, right? It's simple. And I want to have you focus on reading the biblical narrative of the Christ story. Look, you and I are literally inundated every single day. Read this, listen to this, watch this. Constantly, we have all of these voices screaming at us for our attention, trying to feed us various narratives. And I just want to encourage you to get back to the most important narrative, and that is the narrative of God's Word. Go back and read the story in the book of Luke. Primarily, we find the narrative of the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1 through chapter 2, verse 40. 
If you want to finish out chapter 2, you actually get the story of when Jesus is 12. So there's a gap between the um, visit in the temple with Anna and Simeon. There's a gap between that and then the visit of the family, the young family, Jesus and his parents when he's 12. There's this huge gap there. But that's the second half of chapter 2 of Luke. But if you just want to hone in and focus in on Luke chapter 1 through chapter 2, verse 40, you have the biblical narrative. And then you add to that the first chapter of the book of Matthew, and you have this story. And I'm going to give you an overview in just a minute of that. But Dare to read the Christmas story with all of these other voices wanting your attention and wanting to craft your mind and your focus. I'm going to challenge you to read the biblical narrative. And moms, read it to your kids over and over. Read it in several different versions or translations of the Bible. Read your Bible storybook. Read this story. Let this story be your focus. Read this story. Number two, R number two, relax. Instead of rushing around, how about you and I rest this holiday season? What if you and I actually rested, took a nap, slept in, exhaled, caught our breath, and refused to get caught up in the rush, 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 rush of this season. Look, I am convinced that part of the point that the enemy wants us to rush through the season is he wants us to miss him. He wants us to miss the celebration of the King of Kings, of his birth. He wants us to miss it. And we will if we give in to the rush Okay, that's just two of seven. We've got five more to go and an overview of the Advent series, a six-part series I'm launching in December. Stay tuned, and we'll be back to finish those two things right after this short break. Okay. We are now going to pick it up with number three. I want to challenge you not only to read the biblical narrative of the Christmas story, not only to relax and not rush, but number three, resist running around. Resist it. Resist the wind world chasing that is so offered to us during the season that we're just going to chase around from store to store to store after this and that and this and that. And we are just going to run around so much that we fall in our beds at night just utterly and completely exhausted. I want to challenge you, resist it. Don't run around. Don't get caught up in it. Don't chase it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Resist it. Number four, I want to challenge you to rejuvenate your soul by remembering his faithfulness. So instead of running around, instead of that, spend time remembering his goodness and his faithfulness for all of this last year. Just spend time reminiscing. You yourself, maybe on your front porch with a cup of cocoa, or if you're in the north with lots of snow, maybe looking outside from inside in a lovely chair with some cocoa, and just thinking about how good God 
has been. Do you see it? Can you imagine not getting in your car every day of Christmas break, trying to go out and obtain something that the world has told you that you've got to have or your kids have got to have? Can you imagine just sitting and just thinking back through the year and God's goodness and faithfulness? Yeah. Number five, I want to challenge you to rejoice. To rejoice. To rejoice that your Redeemer came, that God sent His only Son, born of a virgin, laid in a manger. Learn this season then some new carols. There are so many great books out there. Your church hymnal probably has them. There's some great resources online of just all the great carols of the season. Learn them. Listen to them. Mom, turn them on in your car and sing along with you and your kids. Sing along by yourself. I'm guilty of doing that. I stop at a stop sign and people look at me really weird. And I'm just in there singing the glory of God, right? Rejoice. Rejoice. It's another one of those things that when we rush around, when we get caught up in all the hustle and bustle, we miss the opportunity to just rejoice. As you're cooking that Christmas meal or those Christmas cookies, just put on some of those Christmas carols in the background and just rejoice. Rejoice. Go back and review the Magnificat that Mary says when she meets up with Elizabeth and just this outpouring of praise that she gives to God in light of him showing her favor and having extended the invitation to her to carry his son. Go back and read that. Go back and read Zacharias after John the Baptist is born. Remember, he was a mute the entire pregnancy, right? Go back and read the outpouring of praise, the first things that he says after he is no longer muted. Number six, receive his righteousness. This season ought to be a reminder to you and to me that this is not about what we do. Our rightness with God is not about the right things that you and I do. It's about His righteousness, Jesus Christ's righteousness, imputed to us, given to us, freely given to us, right? We can't do this. There's nothing that we could do. The Old Testament proved that, right? There was not, there was the law and they could not keep the law. They could not keep the law. Jesus was necessary, sent from God to do what the law could not do. What you and I can't do, the perfect Lamb of God sent to pay your sin price and my sin debt, to pay the price that we couldn't pay. His righteousness, you and I, this Christmas season, need to receive His righteousness and not run around and try to do it on our own. Number seven, we need to retell the wonder story. Mom, especially you and I need to be prepared to tell and retell and retell and retell, whether it's a neighbor or a store clerk or a friend or our child to retell the story over and over. And it is this amazing, wondrous story how love came down, how love came down. 
And I love to read the story in Luke because every time I do, something new sticks out to me. Something else jumps out to me. And that's one of the most powerful things about the word of God is every time you and I come to it, every time we dare to engage, to read, to study God's word, right? Every time, because it is the living word of God, every time his Holy Spirit teaches us something, shows us something new. Not that it wasn't there before, but that you and I weren't where we are now before, because he's constantly growing us and drawing us to himself. And so with that in mind, I want to give you an overview of this new, brand new Advent series I'm doing this year. It's a six-part series, and it's going to run twice a week, the first three weeks of the month of December. And I just want to overview that series for you just now. The first part of the series is entitled Two Women, One Barren and One Betrothed. So this is a study of compare and contrast of Mary and Elizabeth. It's a remarkable story how God came to these two women in very unique ways. God promised them both a son, but in very unique circumstances. And you can find that story. You can read about their story in Luke 1 through 61, 1 through 66. Part two of the series is entitled Two Men, a Priest and a Carpenter. Because again, we have two fathers of these two promised sons to these two women, right? And how did these two men respond to the promise, right? Both of them had an angel encounter. Both of them did. And how did they respond to that? See, in this story, they're ordinary people. And yet, All of these stories, all of these people, some of them are named, some of them are unnamed. They're people who were available to God's invitation to be a part of his story. It's beautiful. The third part of the series is entitled A Quiet Town But No Room. So if you're familiar with this story, you have Mary and Joseph, and you have this wonderful little consideration that's a huge thing in my mind, that there was this thing called the census that required Joseph and Mary to leave their hometown and to go to Bethlehem. And I just, a little bit of a spoiler alert here, I just think that was a gift of God. I just think it was a gift that they got to leave town where there was lots of whispering and lots of gossip because you must remember that Mary was claiming to be a virgin and yet she was found with child. You have to let your mind try to get around the idea of what she's saying, right? Because she's saying that she didn't mess around. She's saying she's still a virgin and yet she's pregnant, And I think it is just the kindness and consideration of God that they got to leave. And yet also, it also represents a fulfillment of Scripture because in the Old Testament, it was prophesied in the Old Testament. Remember, 66 books in the Bible, one grand story. All of the stories, all of the books weave together to tell one narrative story. And in the Old Testament, there's a prophecy 
that God's son would be born, Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So not only did they get to leave town, but they had to get to Bethlehem because it was for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem would fulfill the prophecy in the Old Testament. Part number four of the Advent series is unnamed, unnumbered shepherds. So another remarkable part of this story, there's no one here that is some big name influencer included in this story. No, you've got a lot of ordinary people, and here you have in this part of the series, we're going to talk about all of these shepherds who also had an angel encounter. And yet, it wasn't just one angel, it was a host of angels praising God. The announcement of the birth of the king of kings was made to ordinary shepherds right where they were, keeping watch at night with their flocks. Oh, mom, you need to know that God knows right where you are, and he meets you right where you are, just like he met those shepherds and announced his goodness and his provision and his faithfulness to those shepherds. That's going to be part four. Part five, two saints seeking and serving. After the birth of the Christ child, we have Joseph and Mary going and taking the Christ child to the temple for dedication to fulfill Old Testament law. So they take him And here again, they have an affirmation. God affirms who he, who Jesus is in the person of Simeon and also in Anna, who they meet in the temple. And both of them prophesy over the baby Jesus, the Christ child. And then part six, we discuss those wise men. Often we reduce their number to three or increase it to three. We don't know how many wise men there were. We usually say there were three wise men. That's what most people think of because there were three gifts listed, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But it doesn't say anywhere that there were just three of them. So there could have been more. There could have been less. But the story of the wise men coming, following a star, following a star, intent intent on going to where the star led them. I hope that that intrigues you enough to join me for this series and these various different readings and these studies. And it is my prayer that as you listen to these podcasts over this Advent season, that it will be part of your intentional focus on this series Because it's so powerful to literally set aside all of the commercialization, all of the marketing, and determine to focus on the true reason for the season, the person of Jesus Christ. So as you're getting ready, as you're gearing up, I want to encourage you, don't pack away all of your thankfulness with your fall decorations. As you're getting ready to turn your sights on to celebrating Advent and Christmas, I want to encourage you to maintain that thankfulness that you worked so hard to develop and and just set in for the whole Thanksgiving season. 
And what I want you to do, having built that, I want you to maintain it and build on that and prepare your hearts to celebrate, to celebrate his presence, his provision, his protection, and his peace. If you can get out your Bible or mark this down, turning to Isaiah 9, Isaiah 9, if we look in verse 2, and I don't have time to squeeze out everything that's here because there's some really, really great teaching here, and I hope that you will get out a, a study Bible and really take some time here in Isaiah. But if we look in Isaiah 9, 2, it says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. So this is a prophecy of the coming king. You'll remember that in the Gospel of John, right? In the Gospel of John, that in the Gospel of John, he writes at the very beginning, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was, wait for it, the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Do you see just right there between the Gospel of John and the Old Testament major prophet Isaiah, this issue of light? Jesus was the light of the world, right? Skipping down now into verse 6, this may be familiar to you. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This, this person of Jesus Christ, this child in the manger, this is the focus of this season. He is the reason for the season. He is why we sing and we worship. Hark the herald angels sing. And we see in this the presence, Emmanuel, God with us, the provision, a son. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Protection, we see here in these verses that the government will rest upon his shoulders. That gives him the authority, right, as the king. As the king, he is the authority, And he brings us peace as the wonderful counselor, all wise, all knowing, as the mighty God, able, as the eternal father, king, as the prince of peace. Jesus proclaims in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the father except through me. And later on in the same chapter in verse 27, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. No. The peace that Jesus came to bring to us means that you and I can have peace with God because as sinners, 
It is the wrath of God that rests upon us. But Jesus, coming as the perfect Lamb of God, the gift of God, with His perfect blood shed on Calvary, made a way for you and I to no longer have the wrath of God upon us, but to instead have peace with God because of the person of Jesus Christ. I hope, again, that all of this is stirring within you a desire to lean into this season, to really take hold of the meaning of the Christmas holiday, this time of Advent where we prepare our hearts to truly celebrate, to actually focus on what this season is all about. I have in the show notes for you several tools and or resources for your reference. Our family, for example, we like to do the Jesse tree. I actually made ours years ago. You can buy some that are cardboard and cut them out. You can buy a variety of different styles. But it actually, our Jesse tree traces the genealogy of Christ throughout the Old Testament, showing the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies for Christ. And so we have a different ornament all the 25 days of Christmas. So that's something that you could do. We also do the traditional Advent wreath, which starts the Sunday after Thanksgiving and culminates on Christmas Day. So there are four candles around the wreath, and in the center is the Christ candle. And I've come to realize that different people have different names for the four candles. Some it's faith, hope, love, and joy, and then Jesus is in the middle. But I've I've seen some that are the shepherd's candle, the angel's candle, just a variety of different ways to focus on different components of the Christmas story. But I would encourage you to consider to do some research and adopt an Advent wreath for your family. So again, that you can all be drawn into focusing on this. I found a great book this year that I can recommend. And again, you can see the link in the show notes called The Way to the Manger, a Family Advent Devotional. It's beautifully illustrated, and it goes through each week in, again, a very focused way for your family. If you'd like a read aloud, I've got a couple that you can do over the holidays. Our family was always doing read alouds as a homeschool family, and I always wanted to have them seasonally appropriate, right, for Christmas. And two of our favorites won't surprise you. One is The Christmas Carol by Dickens. It makes a great read aloud this time of year, and the kids really enjoy it. And another one of our favorites of all time is entitled The Greatest Christmas Pageant Ever. And we've read that two or three Christmases over the years. We have lots of traditions, and I want to encourage you that that's part of the lean into the season, right? Your enemy wants to steal away all of the traditions, stripping away everything that would give you focus. And I want to challenge you. You don't need to do try to do all of these things. Pick one or two of these things, but build into your family these kinds of traditions and rituals and rhythms of this season. Those things will help enforce and support the focus that I'm challenging you to adopt. So, We always, one of the traditions we do is we always go to a Christmas Eve candlelight service. We really enjoy that. We 
almost always have Italian Italian dinner. It was lasagna for years and years and years. And so we would have Italian food, go to the Christmas Eve season, I mean, the candlelight service, and then we would come home. And I will admit, too, that I really always wanted pajamas to be what we did that night, but sometimes I mistagged things, and it wasn't, but my heart was in the right place. But one gift hot cocoa, and then uh, several years ago, I don't know how long this movie's been out, we would stay up and watch the movie The Nativity Story. It's either The Nativity Story or just The Nativity, I'm not sure. But it is, I believe, quite a powerful retelling of the Christmas story. Now, having said that, I will have this one caveat. There are a couple of scenes that are a little overwhelming for little, little kids because they show some of the persecution of the people of God. And so you would need to be cautious about that. But otherwise, for older kids, certainly, it is a really powerful film showing what Joseph and Mary faced in choosing and accepting the invitation of God to be a part of his love story to all mankind. So I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. I want to admonish you. Here's your eighth R. Let's, you and I, let's reclaim Christmas for what it was intended to be by the church to celebrate the first advent of Christ. God sent his son into the world as the greatest gift of all time. He lived a sinless life. He went to the cross of Calvary and paid your sin debt and mine. And on the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and you and I are charged to live in these last days in anticipation of his return, his second advent. Thanks for tuning in today. I look forward to our next time together. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible Curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. Hey there, it's Carly Mercool, your host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.